everybody. Welcome to the Midweek Podcast. My name is Pastor Josh, all the way back from Cali, Colombia. I was wearing shorts all last week, and we get back now, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful spring so far. Isn't it amazing? And uh, the reality is I'm, I'm, living, I'm living my best life. I am living the dream, okay? I'm living the dream. Last week, I was in Colombia with a group called Leader Impact. It's an organization through Power to Change that takes business leaders from Canada and from other uh, parts of the world and brings them to other countries where they get to share about business, business success, and their faith journey with other business leaders in those countries. It was it was an amazing trip. I had a great time getting to know all the folks from Saskatoon, Winnipeg, Ontario. It was it was a blast to be there with them. But it's also just as much fun to be home and to be doing this. So this week, we're looking at Pastor Luke's sermon from Mark chapter 5, as well as Mark chapter 8. And the reason why there's two chapters, if, if you remember, if you heard it, if not, I would encourage you to go to the website, elamchurch.ca under sermons, and you'll be able to, uh, to watch last weekend's sermon. But essentially what he talks about is the demoniac man, this guy who is filled with demons, a legion of demons, and Jesus casts them all out into pigs and tells the guy, listen, you need to go tell people, your people, about what I just did for you. And so he goes to a place called the Decapolis. So it's this kind of meeting area where people go to you know, debate philosophy, sell things, buy things, you know, hang out. And he goes there and starts telling them about this guy, Jesus, who is now completely and utterly delivered him from demons. And for them, it's not just a theoretical thing. I mean, this guy was literally cutting himself, hurting himself, terrorizing them. And now he's standing in front of them in his right mind. I mean, obviously there has been a change, obviously. The interesting part, and Pastor Luke mentions this and, and really brings this out in a sermon, is the fact that when you go to chapter 8 at the feeding of the 4,000, some of the people there, it's speculated by commentators, were actually people who had heard the story from the demoniac man at the Decapolis of what Jesus had done. And so they're there. They want to check it out for themselves. And Pastor Luke's whole point of this particular weekend and this sermon was all about how your story actually matters. Did you know that? Sometimes we love to act like our story doesn't matter. I mean, how many times in my years of pastoring have I heard people say, well, you know, I don't really have a story. I wasn't a drug addict. I didn't, I didn't get delivered from prostitution. I didn't, you know, I wasn't running a drug ring in, uh, in Venezuela. Like, People think that because they have their story is, you know what? I grew up in a good home. I had great parents. They loved Jesus and they taught me how to love Jesus. That that somehow is a diminished story. Now, it's not to say that the other stories that are, you know, more dramatic and big are not great. I mean, they're great. I mean, let's let's call them for what they are. I mean, this, this demoniac man story is very dramatic, right? He had demons inside of them, gets delivered from demons, and now the people that he's been terrorizing are looking at him in the face and thinking, okay, well, last week you were running at me with a stone. Now, this week, you're telling me about this guy named Jesus who all of a sudden made you better. That's a pretty big deal. So that's not to diminish dramatic stories. I think those are great because they are such visible uh, markers of what Jesus can do in a life. And yet the stories of God's faithfulness, of how he's been faithful to families, of how he has walked people through deep waters, 
in smaller ways and quieter ways are no less significant. Because at the end of the day, the reality is whether it's a dramatic story or a not so dramatic story, we all get saved from something, right? Even the, the, the vernacular, the, the rhetoric that we use around salvation, we, we, call, we call it getting saved. Well, what are you getting saved from? Right? Some people literally get saved from a pit. Other people get saved from themselves, from their own selfishness, from their own ambitions, from their own drive. They get saved from that. It's not that they you know, had anything crazy happening around them. It's that inside of themselves, they were not happy. Inside of themselves, they knew that they could not m- merit the love of God because they were awful people inside, but were putting up a front for everyone else. And they were they had to get saved from, you know, either living a performance-based life or just from their own selfishness. So your story matters. Big or small, it matters. It matters to the people that surround you because ultimately they are the folks that see the change that God has made in you. Hopefully. I mean, for some of us, And I think this is an important question to ask at this particular point in time. I mean, I could wait till the end, but when people look at your life, do they see genuine change from the fact that Jesus is part of your life? I mean, that's an important point to make, I think. And that's an important question to ask because at the end of the day, when we talk about our stories, our stories have to reflect what God has done in us through the cross. Pastor Luke then goes on to talk about how your testimony is powerful. And it is. I mean, your story literally is a miracle of God. I mean, mine is a miracle of God. Because I will tell you honestly, if it was not for Jesus, you can ask my wife this. If it was not for Jesus, I would literally be the most awful human on the planet. I mean, some of you already think that I am. I'm just joking. Maybe not the most awful, but maybe not the kindest. Anyway, I mean, whatever. But all jokes aside, without Jesus, I literally would not be a good person. Because I know who I was before I ever met Christ, right? Like I, I only came to the Lord when I was 16. Before that, it was living this dual life, just trying to put off uh, an air of churchiness, but then living a whole other life around other friends and just being a cultural chameleon in a way that didn't really stand up for anything that just kind of went along with whatever crowd I was going, I was in at the time, just to be accepted and cared for and loved and just trying to find a sense of significance in the middle of it. And I'm telling you right now, if it was not for Jesus, I would be a person who would use people, who would mistreat them, manipulate them. I, I'm like, I know who I am without Christ. And it is a miracle. Like my life is literally a miracle. And so is yours. Your life is literally a miracle. If you're in Christ and you're living a life that's, you know, obviously not perfect, but better than a life of selfishness, a better than a life of just looking at how you can be self-serving, man, that's a miracle. And that's powerful. 
Like we diminish our stories all of the time because we just think, you know, well, you know, I didn't become a missionary. I didn't, I didn't become a pastor. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not preaching the, the gospel on a soapbox or going to, to another country and, and telling people, you know, in loincloths about Jesus. Like, you know, I'm not doing anything significant. No, you might not necessarily be doing something significant, quote unquote, as you think, like what the way the Christian subculture is called significant. But the very fact that you are a great doctor or a great lawyer, the very fact that you're a great plumber or a great engineer, that you own your business and treat your employees well, the very fact that you have a family that you love and care for, not perfectly, obviously, because none of us are perfect, but doing it to the best of your ability, you're trying to keep Jesus at the center of everything that you're doing and you're following him to the best of your ability and trying to live out a life that, that reflects him, that's an amazing miracle. That is powerful in and of itself because you have something guiding you towards not only God, but you have something guiding you towards a future hope. Do you understand how there are so many people that don't have that? Something that guides them? There are so many people kind of wandering aimlessly in life, trying to figure it out, not really knowing what's going on. I mean, just, just trying to do their best, kind of punching in the dark. And as much as you might feel that way sometimes, if you're in Christ, the reality is that you're not. You have clear guidelines. You have hope. You have someone that you can invest in a relationship with who is bigger and better than you will ever be. You have somebody that you can lean on. You have someone that you can go to. You have a God that loves and cares for you. I mean, my goodness, there is so much to be thankful for. And there is power in that testimony. And the reality is that sometimes we, we move away from sharing it because we think that there's a particular formula by which we should do that. We think, well, we have to get on a soapbox and preach. I mean, we, we got to, you know, have all of the Romans road memorized. We got to have everything uh, put in our heads in a way that leads people to say the sinner's prayer. And at the end of the day, especially in Canada, the starting point is actually just being in a relationship with people without any ulterior motive. It's incredible how you, when you love people, care for them, show compassion to them, that they begin to open up. And let me be clear, you don't get into relationship with people just for the sole purpose of sharing Jesus with them. We have to get to the point where we can understand that in our lives, it's all about the way, just being, just living our lives in Christ and being so in love with him that we are willing to share him with other people, share about him with other people. I mean, it's literally like me being married to my wife or you being married to your spouse or your kids. I mean, it doesn't take you very much to start telling people about your kids or about your spouse. It doesn't take very much to, to share with others things that you're passionate about. And it doesn't come off as weird or uh, out, out, out in left field because you love your kids and love your spouse because the way that you talk about them is very natural. It's not set up. It's not, uh, you know, it, it just comes up because they are such an, an integral part of your life. Well, that's exactly how Jesus should come up in the middle of it all. That's exactly how you can tell your story in the middle of it all. It's by just understanding that this relationship with Jesus that you have, the story that he's given you is something that you can just freely share over coffee at dinner hanging out with people that you know don't want to have anything to do with religion, and yet 
see you and see something different in you because you're not bashing them over the head with, you know, the four spiritual laws. And, and please, please understand what I'm saying. The four spiritual laws, the sinner's prayer, all of those things are great methodologies, right? I mean, they're ways for us to kind of get our minds around how do we, how do we help people come to know Jesus? But the first step before any of that stuff is just loving people and sharing our story with vulnerability and authenticity. That's where the power is, is in the vulnerability and the authenticity that your life is not perfect, that you don't have it all together, but you know somebody who is perfect and who has it all together and he's the one guiding you. That I think is the power of the testimony of those who call themselves followers of Jesus. And finally, Pastor Luke talks about how your story actually prepares the way for Jesus' future ministry in other people's lives. And when you think about the story, this guy going and sharing at the, at the Decapolis actually kind of prepares, well, it doesn't just kind of, it prepares the hearts of people that who would then go to, to get fed by him or listen to him teach. I mean, there's something that stirs inside of them when he begins to tell them, like, look, I, you know I was demon-possessed. You know I had demons in me. You know I'm cutting myself. You know I'm terrifying people. You know, you know, what I'm, you know who I was? But look, like, it's all changed because of this guy I met named Jesus. It's amazing. You should, you should get to know him a little bit. You should go see him, hear him for yourself. And people probably did take him up on that offer. And we have to believe that God, through the words of Christ, through the Spirit, did some amazing things in their hearts too. And the reality is your story is the tiller. I like to call it the tiller, right? I, I don't know very much about farming, but what I do know is that you need to till soil, right? There's, there's soil that's, that's hard after a long winter, and you need to kind of dig it up to prepare it so that you can put seed there. Your story is actually the thing that tills up people's hearts. I mean, someone would argue that your story is, is the seed. Well, no, the, the gospel is the seed. And your story is intertwined in that. But your story, your story of how Jesus has touched you is actually the thing that starts tilling out the ground for people to receive the gospel into their hearts. So don't shy away from it. I, my, my prayer for you, honestly, my prayer for you is that you would understand, you, you would catch a glimpse, if we want to get really charismatic, that you have a revelation of how, how much your story does matter, how powerful it is, and how effective it can be so that people who are far away from God can finally be in a relationship with him. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I hope, I hope that you've been encouraged. Listen, your story matters. It's powerful and it can do some amazing things for the kingdom. If you want to listen to any other episode of this podcast, please go to elamchurch.podbean.com. You can also go to iTunes and search up Elam Church. You'll see us there. And if you want to know anything else about Elam uh, as a church, man, we would love to serve you. Go to www.elamchurch.ca and you can find all the info that you need there. Listen, have an incredible week. And, and the challenge this week is this, that you at some point would be so sensitive to the Spirit that you would wake up today, tomorrow, someday, and just say, Holy Spirit, give me an opportunity to share my story. And I guarantee you, He will. 
Every week.